you're listening to Board Game Bitch. I'm your host, Victoria Fraser, and we're going to talk about all things board games. Let's get started. Hello. Welcome, strangers and friends. Probably mostly my friends. Um, my name's Victoria, and uh, if you didn't already know, this is a podcast about board games. I'm going to review tons of different board games and give you advice on how to whoop your friends or just have fun strategies to try out next time you play it. You know, mix it up, keeping it fresh. Uh, I'm going to talk about all things board games and kind of related things, you know. Um, not No, it's just going to be board game reviews. It's not going to be that far off. Well, who knows? It's a podcast. It's my podcast. I can do what I want. Um, maybe an interview. Maybe, you know, talk about some of the industry stuff. I don't know a lot about the board game industry, to be honest. Um, but maybe I'll learn and then share that with you. Mostly reviews and fun stuff like that. Um, yeah. So how this podcast came to be was the first time I ever made pod- a podcast um, was actually in university. No one will actually ever hear that episode, hopefully. Um, it was very bad. It was like a one-man production, one-woman production, where I recorded all the voices for... <laughs> for like an audio drama. Anyway, but uh, I knew the one I wanted to do a podcast about board games um, because it's just something I'm very passionate about and I thought it would be a good, it's very niche, like it's really, really, fairly specific. So it feels like it should be a podcast. Um, yeah. Anyway, I've just literally always wanted to make this podcast and I finally am. And I actually came up with a name that I'm so proud of because board game bitch, um, <laughs> fun fact is like a slang term on Urban Dictionary for the person who like sets up the board game and has to put it away and does all the work. Kind of hilarious and also kind of accurate. So I am the board game bitch. Uh, and this is board game bitch. Board game bitch. I <laughs> just wanted to say that a lot, a lot. I like to swear also. So I feel like it's a good name and it's a podcast. So like no one can censor me. Ha. Huh. Uh, anyways, this is a revolver show also going to be starting on the Cave Goblins Network. So shout out to them for being super rad. <laughs> And uh, yeah, special access right now. I mean, eventually everyone will get it, but it's pretty cool. It's going to be on the Patreon. So yeah, thanks for listening to this. means you're dope and uh, you're the best. You're the reason shit like this can happen. Um, so anyways, that's enough about kind of that. Um, let's get to it. Uh, first, if you're a novice board gamer, welcome. This show's just for you. A little bit more about me. Um, if you don't know me already, my name is Victoria. I love board games. Second generation board gamer. My mother was a huge nerd back in the 80s and is to this day. Uh, she raised me on quality European-style board games, also called Euro games. That's the first board game terminology I threw at you and we, you know, explained, which is pretty cool. I'm going to be doing a lot of that. Um, I've been playing Carcassonne since I was like seven years old. Maybe longer. I can't remember. It's been a very long time. Uh, my mom was pretty fucking cool. Shout out to my mom who doesn't like when I swear, uh, but is otherwise an awesome human being. Um <laughs> I'm starting the show because I wanted to share my love of games with everyone. And I think a lot of board game uh, shows or reviews, they kind of drown listeners in complex jargon. They throw around terminology and they just don't explain it very well. And you know what? That's because also sometimes the definitions don't aren't consistent. So we'll get into that eventually. Um, I'm not a fan of big words and jargon, so I'm going to dumb that shit down. Because quite frankly, we aren't all board game snobs or board game designers who've studied that kind of language. Yeah, I know a lot about board games. Like, I play a lot. But even I'm, like, confused every once in a while. I'm like, eh? What does that mean? <laughs> Nowadays, tons of people are playing board games with all kinds of levels of experience. So hopefully this appeals to you, whatever your background. Um, anyways, 
All right. So uh, let's just go into the show. This is enough about me, enough about that. We're going to go into actually what this podcast is going to be now. We're going to start the series with, with one of my favorite board games, um, Dominion. I should have done a drum roll there. Wait, wait, wait. Dominion by Donald X. Vaccarino. I kind of Googled his name because I wanted to make sure I kind of said it right. But it's like some sort of Italian name, and I'm not so good with the Italian names. So this game is fairly similar to a very popular game called Magic the Gathering. Um, and I have played it a very little bit limited amount. Um, I know that might throw my credibility out the window because it's a huge very well-known card game, uh, but it's the truth, okay? I've played, like, hundreds of games, just I haven't played a lot of Magic the Gathering. I actually just played it this year. Thanks to my friend Casey. Shout out to you um, for helping me play that game. <laughs> and he also actually, it was so kind, he even gave me my first, like, couple decks, which is kind of cool. Um, anyways, so the reason I actually didn't get into it for, for literally my whole life until this year <laughs> um, is because... He kind of kind of spent a lot of money from from to my understanding to like get a lot of different cards and make a good deck. Um, I, I was a hella poor kid growing up. I think my brother managed to play it, um, but I don't think he ever got very into it. Um, so like I couldn't afford that. I I couldn't even afford Pokemon cards, <laughs> um, and I'm still hella poor. So that's why it was not one that I really cared for. And I'm not like massively into card games. Like I like board games with a board more so, uh, but I do like Dominion, even though it's only cards. Um, so yeah. Also, I'm still paying off my student loans as we speak. I can't afford to just buy 10,000 cards. No, please. <clears throat> it's halfway gone, but <laughs> enough about me. So similarities to Magic the Gathering, because this is a very big game, I feel like I can kind of explain it in relation to that to give you an idea about Dominion. Most people who play Magic probably already know about it, but whatever. Um, they're both card, they're both card, gra why can't I talk today? They're both card drafting games, which if you're a complete novice to the land of board games, Welcome. I will explain. Card drafting. In a game where players are collecting cards and playing them in a way that trigger each other in order to further their goals to win the game. That's how I think we should all be defining card drafting, but there is some debate on this um, because some people think like drawing a card is card drafting, which is absolutely absurd. I don't know. I was reading a lot of forums and like threads on Reddit. and It was weird. Someone was like, oh my god, someone said Something silly, like some game that has cards in it, but they don't really do any, like they do very little. I forget which board game it is because it's one I haven't played very much, but um, they argued that that game, which had cards, but like that was a very subcomponent, was a card drafting game. And I was like, no, 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 no. We all disagree. This is ridiculous. So anyways, if you're going to go with that, everything with cards is card drafting, but that's really not how it should be defined in my opinion. Um, and I think generally most people in the board game community kind of agree Card drafting is like the cards kind of have to trigger each other or something or like relate to each other. Otherwise, you're just drawing cards. That's like, it's just a card drawing game. They're not drafting. I don't know. You know what I mean? Anyways, uh, so for example, let's gonna go with a very boring example that I would say could kind of fall under the niche of card drafting, which is solitaire, which you have probably played on a shitty computer that you got for free when you were 12 from your rich friend's dad uh, because he didn't want to pay to recycle it. That's the universal experience, right? No? Just me? Got it. <laughs> Solitaire would kind of be a card drafting game because, you know, the cards kind of stack onto each other and relate and they kind of like trigger events. I don't know. That's not a very good example because it's like a very generic game, but that's kind of, it kind of works. Um, fun fact, though, while I was researching about card drafting, I found that 
not just cards are kind of in that same definition. So you can include like tiles as card drafting. It's like they're kind of like like a like a tile piece, but it's still kind of drafting it with each other. That would still kind of be card drafting. And even like some dice games kind of draft. So card drafting can be very broad. Excuse me. So it's like it's kind of a useful component to understand when you're like describing a game to someone. You're like, oh, it's got card, card drafting, but it's also can kind of broad. And sometimes you'll probably see board games that you know use that term, but then it doesn't really make sense. Why? Because they just want to use it. I don't know. I don't design board games. I would love to, but I don't. I don't know how. <laughs> so some differences between Magic um, it, and actually why I like it better. Uh, for this is again probably for people who know both games. But uh, you start with the same deck in Dominion. So everyone's on the same footing in the beginning, in theory, um, compared to Dominion, sorry, compared to Magic, where you kind of have your own decks with it, their own strengths and weaknesses. Over time throughout Dominion, you have different decks, um, but, you know, you can kind of use similar strategies to each other. So it kind of feels like a more fair beginning. My personal take on why I like it over the other one. They're both good. They're both fine. Uh, Dominion just has a special place in my heart because I absolutely love it. So... Yeah, I think that's pretty much the only thing on that. Moving on. Before I explain why I love Dominion, let's more clearly understand how to play the game. Because if you, you probably know this if you're a nerd like me. But if you are not a nerd, you don't really know what I'm talking about. So you kind of have to understand how it works. Um, if you're a big nerd and you're an advanced board gamer, then go ahead. Fast forward through this. I won't stop you. I can't. You have control of the skip ahead button on your podcast player. By all means, use it. It's going to be like five minutes, I promise. Maybe ten. Not like five. Okay. Dominion. How does it work? There are three types of cards. Action cards. They let you do stuff. Treasure cards. They let you buy stuff. And victory cards. They help you win and stuff. Right? That kind of makes sense. Pretty aptly named. Um, everyone gets seven treasure cards and three victory point cards to start for a total of ten in your hand. You shuffle them, and then that's like two hands, basically, because you have five cards every time you draw. On your actual turn, you have two phases. You have the action phase and the buy phase. Action phase, you can play an action card from your hand. Buy phase, you can play a buy... Sorry. Buy phase. You are a little bit gay. Just kidding. No. Buy phase, you buy cards with the treasure in your hand. So everyone has access to the different cards in front of them on the table. There's like 10 different action cards. Um, there's also different treasure cards that you can buy aside from that and the victory cards aside from that as well. Um, so yeah, pretty much there's like cheap and cheerful ones, which kind of clog up your hand later on. And then there's like expensive and like very useful cards as well. Um, all kinds of prices. Um, I won't go into too much detail, uh, but you can modify your turn by playing cards that let you draw more, play more actions, earn more buys, and fuck over your friends, because that's what board games are about. Come on, we all like a little bit of competition, right? I think so. Main goal, buy cards that are worth money to buy better actions that help you win and buy the most victory point cards. Pretty simple game. Uh, the premise, actually, I forgot to touch on this, but the theme is that you're kind of, you have a dominion that you rule over, and you're kind of buying people or like places to fill the dominion in your deck your deck is sort of like i don't know a country i guess honestly the name is not the greatest but that is the theme of it it, it doesn't relate that much to the mechanics like it kind of does but kind of doesn't anyway that's the gist of it see that wasn't very long if you stayed and you're a hardcore board gamer i appreciate it you'd bomb okay <clears throat> 
I'm sure I'll do many future episodes at some point because there's a lot of expansions and I have opinions on them as well. I've played pretty much every single one, but we're going to stick to the basics for this review because, you know, there's only so much time in the world. Um, yeah. So why do I love this game? It's super easy to pick up. Number one, most people can figure out how to play after the first turn and it's like a 30 minute game once you play it. So it's pretty short. So you can play it like three times in like an evening with your friends, like half an hour. I mean, some games are longer, but in general, they're pretty short. Actually, the very first time I played it, um, it was very short because the person cursed everybody and then we ran out of curses and I think we all bought the same cards. So we just ran out of piles, but um, I ended up with like negative four points. And I came in like second. That was fun. <laughs> I think the winner got seven points. It was ridiculous. So anyways, um, yeah, it's a short game and it's pretty easy to understand. Number two reason I love it, it is highly variable. So every time you play it, it's a little bit different. So earlier I mentioned there's 10 cards in the game that you can buy from, but the base game has 25 different cards. So that means you've got, I'm not going to math that out because I'm too lazy, but that's like a lot of combinations. Um, and that means each time it's going to be a little bit different. So, you know, um, pretty cool. I like games that you can play a lot and have a different experience every time. I think that's so clever and really hard to achieve. And also like still maintaining that it's not too complicated to play. Because sometimes some are so variable that you have to like relearn the game every time, but you don't really have to relearn it every time. Uh, the strategy is different every time, but the gameplay is pretty easy. Another reason I love it, it's easy to set up. You can put cards on the table that's it. It's really simple. I know that's silly, but a lot of complex games take like an hour to set up sometimes. If you've played Gloomhaven, oh my god, that shit is so much work. And I like it, but it's a lot of work. So I'm really grateful that this game is as complex as it is, while being as simple as setup is another fantastic point. I like the chef's kiss sound. I'm sorry. If you hate that, don't tell me. I don't want to know. Um, another reason I like this game, uh, online in browser version on your computer. I think it, it still exists. It didn't exist for a while and then it did. It didn't. It did. Then it didn't. Then it did. It's confusing. Some Americans bought the company and then they like shut it down and then we couldn't play it in Canada. But I think now you can play it in browser again. I haven't done it in a while, but um, yeah, I will actually have to double check that, but I'm 99% sure you can still play it online. Either way, the online game is super fun and uh, really easy and you can teach yourself how to play so easy easily um i taught my mom how to play by telling her to play on the computer like four years ago and she got obsessed and uh it was great so yeah and finally this is kind of number two again but whatever same point is that there's tons of weird strategies you can play to win um which kind of to the variable aspect but more so about not the playability but like the strategies are very variable um you can play the same game and have like everyone doing something different like one person is doing one thing that's really aggressive someone else is like getting all the money cards and someone else is getting all the actions like there's a lot of different ways to win and even when i think i know what the best strategy is you know I, it doesn't always work which is kind of cool um i actually don't even win that often compared considering how much i like this game um yeah it's a great game overall appeals to a lot of people who don't know how to play and people that do um and is highly variable and i think the whole like idea that it's as complex as it is well still being quite simple to pick up is like a rare quality and uh yeah I, I admire that all right so we covered how it works uh let's talk about the actual strategies right you know i think that's the funnest part of any board game is how to play it not just how to play it but like how to play it well <laughs> all right um also full disclosure 
most of these are names that I just come up with for the strategy that I notice people do a lot. Um, not a flat out like rule that you have to play any one of these strategies. There's a bajillion strategies that will depend on the cards in your, you know, available draw piles. Totally depends on what you want to do and what you have available. But for the base game, these are some pretty common strategies and probably in other, you know, expansions as well. Strategy number one, the everybody loves me strategy. Um, this is my, one of my favorites. <laughs> so the council room and the festival combined with the garden. I know this is very specific. You probably need to know what these cards are. Council room is great because you draw it, but it also means everyone else draws a card. That's why everybody loves you. Um, festival gives you some extra monies. And then the garden card is um, basically a way to get extra points for having more cards in your hand. So with the council room, the festival, I think you get like three extra buys. So you can just like load up on money and just go crazy with it until you have bajillion cards in your hand. And then the gardens can even be worth as much as the province if you have like a fat deck. Totally possible. Um, also, with the council room, you help your friends while helping yourself. It's very wholesome. I like strategies like that. Everybody wins. So that's why I said everybody loves me strategy because everyone's going to love you as much as you love yourself. <laughs> On the opposite side of the coin... Everybody hates me strategy. So this is like pretty much all the attack cards. Um, you just, you screw everyone over to get yourself ahead, which is bad because then they screw you back. It's not always the best choice. It did win in the very first game I ever played, but it's not nice. <laughs> but I guess, you know, if you want to play board games nicely or not nicely, it's up to you. I can't tell you how to play. Um, so yeah, the witch is an example of this because it gives curses to your friends. Um, that's an attack card. Militia is another one in the base game where everyone else loses two cards, which is devastating in the beginning of the game because you only have three cards. And you like, if you get a Militia while you're trying to buy a gold, oh my god, it is so emotionally damaging. And then finally, we have the Thief. That is uh, steal shit and fuck people over. Oh my god. Yeah, it's so annoying. I have so many memories of people stealing my gold and it was just so sad. Anyway, yeah, that's why everybody hates you because they're mean, mean cards. Anyway, it's a strategy, though, and you can do it. Uh, I do sometimes do it, but, like, not a lot. It's usually something I find better to do. Okay, strategy number three, the baller strategy, also called big money. This is actually a card strategy that is kind of agreed upon on the forums and online. No action cards. You just buy treasure cards. Very purist. <laughs> the designer of this game the lovely old Donald X Vaccarino. He doesn't like this. And actually, in later expansions, he developed different cards to kind of combat it. But everyone still does it because it's simple and effective. Um, yeah. Anyway, you can just buy money cards. And then by buying money, you just buy victory cards. It's very, very simple. And it does work well. And when I'm, like, in the lazy mood, I'll do it. But, like, I don't know. The counter argument to not doing it is that it's just boring. <laughs> you know, you don't. It doesn't even always win. It does well, but it doesn't always win. You can be circumvented. And I don't know. It's kind of like, it's just like if you wanted to just buy money cards, like, what are you, like Donald Duck when like he's playing Scrooge? It's just lame. Nobody wants that. It stinks. So yeah, whatever. Again, it's a strategy you can do. Totally <laughs> expressing my opinions here because I'm like, well, there's a reason you shouldn't do it. But it, it's up to you. I'm not trying to judge you, but I am. Only a little. Okay. <clears throat> I'm in a squeaky chair. Sorry. 
<laughs> strategy number four, this is the refining strategy because you're a classy person. Um, in this case, you use something like the chapel or the cellar um, or any other card to kind of, oh, and also, um, oh my God, what's the other one? Shit. Uh, the mine. Of course, it's the mine. So use those cards to kind of get rid of the garbage and then upgrade into nicer cards and nicer money. So that's that's like a good strategy because it's like makes your deck more useful. Um, really good in the long term, not good in the short term because it kind of takes a while to get there. But no matter what strategy you're going for, you should usually do this in some capacity if you can. If there's like a card that helps you refine and make your cards better like the mine, it's a good choice because it helps you from clogging up your hand um, and just it's fan fantastic. Um, so yeah, turn those shitty cards into better cards. Pour yourself some scotch, you smart bastard. Okay, that is the refining strategy. So finally, we come on to the fifth strategy that I'm going to discuss. This is the never-ending player strategy. This involves drawing and playing and chaining cards, like a literally fuck ton of cards, until everybody hates you. It's kind of similar to the second strategy, only in that like it just takes forever and everyone's like, are you done? I've seen people chain their entire deck, like 40 cards, and you're just waiting like 10 minutes for their turn to end. Like, I'm annoyed. Of course I'm going to be annoyed. I want it to be my turn. Anyways, chaining cards like the laboratory, village, other ones, you know, to the point that people are yawning during your long-ass turn, it's kind of annoying. But whatever, it's not the worst idea. Chaining is usually good. Um, planning, playing a lot of cards in a row does get you ahead. Uh, but... If you are overcommitted to this strategy, you will inevitably waste some treasure cards or action cards because you can't possibly play them all unless you're like very specific about how, you know, what you bought, but that's unlikely. Um, so I would say it does have its own perils if you're not doing it correctly. So watch out for that. You've been warned. All right. Those are just five different basic strategies that I've seen novice and advanced players doing. It is not an exhaustive list. There are many other ways to combine cards in the game. For specific and fun strategies, especially in the expansions, which I love. Um, eventually, you'll see specific combinations that are very powerful, and you'll get excited when you see them come up. You're like, oh yeah, I can do this. And, oh, this will be great. I, I have my own favorite cards. It is, it is a thing. I'm a dork. I know that. <laughs> but yeah, um, as you get more advanced, ideally, you'll be doing a little bit of all of those strategies because they're all useful in some way and they're important. And that's how you win by doing everything. Also, you know, you want to have fun. You want to try new things and like you want to play with the cards that are interesting and fun you know what I mean I don't know I might sound like a sassy sarcastic judgmental asshole but at the end of the day I too am just trying to have fun um so yeah if you've never played Dominion please do you'll like it you'll probably be able to find it at your local board game store or you can order it online and have it shipped to your house because you know COVID um it's a pretty well-known game uh and sometimes you can play a demo copy if like the board game store has one which is always fun I like to test things before I buy them as well so yeah i hope you liked this little review have a lovely day my friends it's been fun i'll see you soon for the next episode of porky bitch smooches This is a Cave Goblin podcast. For other podcasts like this, visit cavegoblins.com. We hope you have enjoyed this program.